Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be going over some news, although there isn't a lot, so it'll be a little bit shorter. Uh, and then we're going to get into some of the Halo talk that's kind of dominated our Call of Duty scene. And we're going to get into a second segment where we compare two players and say who Kyle and I would rather have going into the Vanguard season. Uh, but I think to start this one out, we're going to try a little different format this week since the news is so slow. We're not going to throw a bunch of extra stuff in there. We're going to be going over news uh, a little quicker than normal and then spending most of our time on the second segment and having maybe a bit of a shorter episode. Uh, but before we get into that quick news, Kyle, how are you doing? Oh, Ryan, I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, we got uh, you know some some positive news over the Thanksgiving weekend with uh, Michigan winning. Oh yeah, uh, over Ohio State, and then we have uh, you know obviously the Lions continue to lose, but nobody nobody's really surprised anymore. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, just this the lack of uh, the news in the in the CDL, and you know, Halo's taking our lunch money. Uh, a little bit sad about that, but uh, I'm ready to kick it and ready to kick it off. Yeah, so the first piece of news we've got is Methods parting with Ultra. Uh, this was uh, a few days ago at this point, like five, five, six days ago, but it was right after we recorded the last pod. Uh, no surprise here. Obviously, this isn't like a shocker. Methods uh, was benched pretty early in the Cold War year, like stage one or stage two. And from there on out, Insight obviously kind of went to the moon with Ultra. They went an event. So Methods, no surprise, he's leaving. It was kind of just a matter of time. It was either he was going to get bought out uh, and go to a new team, or he was going to potentially just let his contract expire, which is seems like what happened. But Methods leaving Ultra, good for him, obviously, because even if he doesn't get on a team, at least he can maybe pick more where he wants to go. I think he was like trapped living in Toronto, so maybe he can move to where he wants to move now. Uh, and he's off He's off to Ultra, hopefully on to the 12th CDL spot. Yeah, I mean, we just have to you know wait and see what Envy does at this 12th spot. Uh... You know, obviously, we're not like sitting in the boardroom with people like offering to buy it, or you know, we don't even know who these potential teams are, what region mm-hmm. they might go to. Uh, all that stuff kind of plays a factor in what's going to happen with that twelfth spot. And we would, you know, I think we we would assume that Methods is going to be pretty high on the list. It seems like he's got that, uh, you know, TJ Halley team. Uh, you know, kind of. They've been playing some scrims and whatever together, so it seems like they're still kind of hopeful that they're going to get in and uh, you know eventually be a, a franchise squad. So uh, I guess we just have to wait and see what happens with that. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's so hard to speculate because we have no idea what's going on. Like We can say they're the most likely to get the 12th spot, but we don't even know if the 12th spot exists. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to speculate, but... We can move on to our State of Vanguard talk. Like we said, news is going to be shorter because we've talked a lot about the State of Vanguard over the past few weeks. Um, but pros have started to become uh, like vocal on Twitter and saying they're very frustrated with the game. We've even seen like the, the clip that sticks out to me is when I was looking at the CDL Intel page to to look for any news that maybe I might have missed uh, over the week when I was pretty busy with the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, and I saw that Skies was like posted a video where he was like had his pistol like swaying side to side while he was ADS and he was getting aim assist through a rock. And that was like the point where all the pros were like, okay, we're done with this. Like we're going to start raging about the game and like how unpolished and how little time there was put into competitive. Um, And pros have really become disgusted. So we're kind of finally starting to see them all speak out and maybe we'll see some changes, but I doubt it. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate that, uh, you know, multiplayer seems to have really taken a backseat ever since the release of Warzone, really. Um, 
you know, it used to be that, you know, the, the multiplayer experience was the, the cornerstone foundation of a Call of Duty game. Uh, and, you know, with, with the uh, with the release of Warzone and the seeming attention to that, it seems like just there's been a, you know, just very sloppy multiplayer experience. Like we've seen like non-existent walls you can shoot through, like shoot yeah. around on uh bocage or whatever, I believe. Um, and I don't know, there's like just like a million different things in gunsmith that are GA and it really just seems to all be like catering to, you know, war zone builds and stuff. It's, uh, it's kind of hard to see um, how this game could be fixed overnight or, you know, without heavy GAs and stuff. And, you know, we're not getting any competitive rule set released or anything. It's just, it's really, really mind boggling to see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, there's something in the works for some of these like glaring, like aim assist through a rock things, uh, you know, just things that should not be in the game. Uh, yeah. But I, I guess we just have to, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic that, you know, some of these things might be addressed, but, you know, I don't know <laughs> who, who knows. Yeah. You would think at some point since they have how much money into the league as well, that they would have to at least like fake an effort to like help it out a little bit um because it looks pretty bad if they don't but like another thing i wanted to mention was like the game right now is just not competitive at all with like without the gas like gas are helping to make it a little bit more competitive but like one thing i noticed is i was playing some gbs with my friends playing some search and like i usually use a sub i'm more of a sub player so i was playing like a lot of the close angles and like a guy would slide in on me and like i would get first shot and i wouldn't miss a bullet and i would just get smoked I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm getting smoked. And then we realized, like, I, after watching kill cams, they were killing us in two bullets from like mid to close range with an MP40. It's a two bullet kill because technically, in the GB rule set, uh, the damage mags on the subs and the hollow point bullets aren't banned. So if you're up close, you two bullet with an MP40. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's just not competitive at all. And technically, like, they're GAing those things out. So it makes it a little better. But like, it's going to make ranked play horrible if they don't actually fully like ban those things in the rule set if they're just GAs cuz it's just like I'm having a tough time having fun playing this game competitively. Pubs I still have a decent amount of fun, but competitively it's been really tough because like when you're just getting two bulleted by an MP40, you don't even have a gunfight and that's like part of the fun of COD is like finessing and like winning gunfights, picking up a two or three piece, but when it takes two bullets to kill you, it's very hard to get a multi kill. So like I really hope that they actually put some attention and update the rule set that they haven't updated in weeks. Yeah, it's, I don't know, you know, like when we were dealing with that whole, uh, you know, when people were starting to use the Uzi in uh, in mm-hmm. Modern Warfare with that with those like 41 Action Express rounds or whatever, and then that those got GA'd right away. And then people were upset with the, uh, with the AUG. It's just like, I don't know, it, it it almost seems like we just need to do away with like the multiplayer aspect of gunsmith, like, you know, just heavily restrict the attachments and stuff. Mm-hmm. If it's just going to be like these like six V six maps, like why do we need to have like a hundred different builds of each gun or like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, I don't, I don't understand why any gun ever besides a sniper should kill in two bullets or like, yeah. I mean, maybe like a an LMG from like super close or something, but like then again, those aren't part of the competitive like yeah. weapon set anyway. So I I don't know. It just seems kind of confusing. Uh, 
frustrating definitely for the gb community and like the, mm-hmm. the eventual ranked community if these things aren't you know put into the rule set or like the yeah. restricted attachments and stuff uh it's just kind of uh makes me not want to <laughs> makes me not want to like get invested in this game to be honest it, yeah i i fully understand that like I'm still having a decent amount of fun with pubs, but like if I was in your position where I hadn't got the game yet and I'm more looking to play ranked play, I would have no interest uh, in using my money to buy this game because the ranked play and like GBC and everything, like you said, is horrible right now. Uh, and to kind of go on top of that, Halo has been dominating uh, the COD news cycle again for this week. Uh, they just this past weekend, uh, as we're recording this on Monday, held uh, another the second HCS like open event, which is like qualifying for seeding into the rally event in december and there were 512 teams competing making it the largest halo event ever in terms of a uh, number of teams uh optic again dominated the news because they beat cloud nine again who they played in the last grand finals and they won back to back uh they even had like a surprise team casey pioneers uh who's doug's team uh like doug's cod team i believe they're not even part of the the like actual hcs league and they finished third like out of nowhere like almost like an am team i believe don't quote me on that um but i don't think they're part of the actual hcs and they finished third um formal finished top six he lost to uh the optic team he played e united and optic lost to both but that's pretty impressive he was playing with i believe the space station gg team i don't know too much about them but uh they finished top six so that's pretty impressive considering formal just made the switch and uh is already playing at that high of a level and COD pros are tweeting about it the whole weekend, saying how much better Halo is than COD right now. Uh, we've got a ton of people like Mox switching over to Halo uh, and a bunch of fringe pros like we saw Dave and Vortex who have kind of been unable to break into the CDL and get a spot. They're switching over to Halo and it seems like everything's trending in their direction. So you you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I did tune in for, uh, you know, I was on YouTube last night around like 1130 and I saw that Halo is still streaming. and that it was opt uh the grand finals uh, yeah. uh, and saw over cloud nine uh game looks really clean and- and colorful and you know easy like they've got everything going for them right now like the game's been and they're already hoping Hosting mm-hmm. like very well polished the uh, Adam Apicella and everybody over there. There's really got their really got their cup of tea by storm with like doing everything right seemingly uh it's it's worthy yeah, and of they've talked about like they're gonna have at least partial crowdfunding and stuff so like as somebody like who's like played halo and like obviously you're someone who's somewhat interested in arena shooters since you're a cod fan and stuff like with the crowdfunding if you see like halo world championship for like 20 million dollars like the dota tournaments that's probably gonna make you want to tune in for at least like the sunday or something like when you see that massive prize pool and you see like oh optics in that cloud nine names you know like maybe formals competing and like you, you see that huge prize pool because they're able to get crowdfunding, which is something we've been fighting for in COD for 10 years, and they got it right away. And like, 
you're gonna you're gonna see that and you're gonna be like okay like halo's playing even if it's not like 20 million it's pretty absurd that's like dota numbers but like even if they're like a 10 million prize pool like something absurd because of crowdfunding you're gonna be like okay i want to tune in and watch somebody play for 10 million dollars like kind of absurd to think about especially as an esports fan so halo's kind of dominating us huh yeah for sure um i don't know i I, we we've been down bad about this for a (laughs) couple of weeks now with uh you know just you know why is call of duty not doing this stuff on launch um you know there was that rumor that maybe they're not gonna do the the yearly releases Mm -hmm. anymore who so maybe they're kind of like starting to see the writing on the wall from a thing like halo but then again they have this uh this child in war zone that's like their money machine uh do they even need multiplayer anymore like it's just a lot of like a lot of existential questions uh for call of duty um it's hard to see that they would ever move away from releasing a game year over year because like we've said you know you just get to recycle the battle pass and like all the microtransactions you can like you can half-ass like some some dumb skins and you know some you know little timmy's gonna pay like 20 bucks to Uh get an operator skin or something it's just like i don't know like why would you ever move away from that model of like you know just fleecing the community for billions of dollars every year but uh at the same time uh when you see stuff like halo come around and uh just the simplicity of how they're able to like you know launch with an elo and launch with skins and stuff it's very 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 cool um Mm -hmm. so i I don't know who knows uh you know definitely makes me jealous of the halo community though (laughs) yeah i mean if this was in the cod community we'd be having a field day we'd be having everything to talk about every week with these open tournaments and stuff and we'd be loving life and make the podcast way easier to come up with content uh but Kind of the final thing to do with just our new segment as a whole, honestly, before we get into the second segment, uh, is the CDL 2022 kind of hand in hand with how Halo has their roadmap. We have no roadmap, no schedule, no format announced. Uh, we're, I guess, like like when we make like our two early predictions and stuff, we were like saying yeah, who's going to be top eight and stuff, like kind of assuming that it's going to be the same format because we don't know if it's going to be a new format because they haven't told us anything. Uh, there's been no skins, uh, like no like in-game CDL team content to kind of hype up the season and maybe like get people to see the skin. And like, if they saw a skin of Minnesota and like, well, that's cool. Who the heck is this? And then maybe, maybe drag them into the competitive scene. Uh, we've got pros maybe leaving for the, for the halo esports after the CDL. If this title just is a complete disaster as it's looking like it's going to be. So uh, a lot on the line for CDL 2022 with them, not really announcing anything at all still. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't even know where to go with it, really. Yeah, I mean, with with the with the 2022 season, um, I don't know. Like, we we have no, like, really. I don't know. It's just been radio silence from everyone. Like, I feel like the last time we were really excited was when the process released or something, and they were yeah. they were kind of like hyping up this optic team and stuff, and then it's just been really quiet. Uh, like we have no idea when, um, like this kick, like if there's going to be a kickoff event, when that's going to be, if we're going to have lands, it seems like we are at some point. Yeah. Um, just from all the, all like the, the subtle Twitter chatter between like, I saw like some like Envoy's dad tweeted or something like, see you at LAN or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't see I, that. I, I I was not I, it was on a tactical rap video so I, I'm not following Envoy's dad by any means um, <laughs> but I guess he said see you at land to somebody so uh, 
I don't know, maybe, you know, obviously the, the families and, you know, the girlfriends will probably start leaking soon, uh, if they find anything out. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful that we'll have some, some news regarding the, the 2022 Vanguard season to talk about pretty soon. Um, but yeah, just like no skins, no hype. Uh, we don't even know what the format's going to be. So it's just been kind of like, how, how can we get excited? Like, we don't even know when our, like when our competitive, uh, you know, ranked play is going to be launched. And, oh, uh, and like yeah. we're heading right into this, like, you know, obviously, you know, we're in the full swing of holiday season with like a lot of new people getting the game. You have people like me who's, like I'm debating even like should I get this game or like can I learn enough by watching like the CDL events just to like you know be able to have educated conversations. I feel like I almost like part of me feels like I need to get the game, but other parts like I I would probably play it for like maybe a half hour a day just because I I can't stand not playing like a competitive based mode. So I don't I don't know. What do you think? I yeah I I think it's it's just all a mess, especially because like. I just like this came into my head is like I'm pretty sure like the new Warzone map's supposed to release in like early December or something so we're not getting any news for a long time now that I think about it because like all the hype and like money is going to be put into announcing this Warzone map and making sure that goes smoothly because that's really what they care about so like yeah from a standpoint of somebody who doesn't have the game yet was maybe waiting for Christmas I'm like shoot uh, if I if I play pubs and stuff like that like yeah maybe I'll get it but like for somebody like you who only likes competitive based game modes and wants to play ranked and stuff shoot i mean we might not be getting that till february maybe you can wait for the game to get even cheaper or something uh and like get it later but i yeah it's it's a mess because like you would think too like maybe they had a plan to do like a reveal stream and like around christmas time or something because the season was going to kick off in january but you'd think after seeing halo announce and like seeing how much popularity it got how much it was dragging if they cared about the league at all they would be like okay we got to pivot and announce earlier or something but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think because they're gonna they're like they have the potential to like lose out on all this like you know new new player hype you know people are gonna be getting the game for Christmas or like other holidays and stuff around this time and uh yeah you know once warzone gets them in you know it's gonna be hard to drag them back into competitive and uh I feel like you'd lose a lot of player base on that um and obviously with like like we said with halo being like so polished and stuff right now uh just like you know there's gonna be a lot of different games vying for people's attention yeah there is 100 because like people especially once people see cod uh like this kind of having like a falter of a year and it's like only warzone and like the in the arena shooter space especially i mean i think we've seen that like halo is trying to take over you had Splitgate for a while there in the arena shooter space get pretty popular uh there was a, another game uh, rogue company was made by like a lot of people that like were halo pros in the past and like played competitive halo and like they were kind of booming for a little bit uh during like the summer months and like a lot of arena shooters have tried to make games so like maybe that could be also be good for cod because maybe they'll try to like up up like their i don't know like their quality of game and try to like compete with them or it could be bad because they'll see that and be like yeah whatever we'll let them take over the arena space and we'll dominate br with warzone so i mean we can move on to our second segment if if you're if you're good with that. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. I'm down to keep ragging on COD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, we don't have a whole lot of news, so I mean, unless we just want to have a COD bash fest. But I mean, I feel like we already <laughs> we've we've said our pieces. I don't know if we need to continue to. Yeah, and I don't know if you you saw the tweet because technically, like, you're not uh, like in control of like the like the podcast account or whatever. But like, 
one of one of the guys who's been a follower uh, for a while. I believe you say his name Thaders. I'm not sure if I said that wrong. I'm sorry, but he's been following like the tw- the Twitter um, page for a while and stuff, and like always commenting, interacting, and he like quote tweeted something from like a cdl memes page and he was like a list of people that care more about the cdl than like the cdl itself and it was like uh like salvation's elite the guys of best of three uh like the flank zuma and then he added us and he was like we care more about the cdl than the cdl actually does so shout out to that guy because i <laughs> that, think it's actually probably true that guy's <laughs> a legend yeah and i was like shout out to him for thinking of us but like if you're listening, shout out to you, and it's it's probably true. Like at this point, I think Kyle and I might care more about the CDL than Activision actually does. Uh, but we can move on to our second segment. You good with that? Yeah. All right. So, like we said, news was only like 15 to 20 minutes this week. This podcast is probably going to be under an hour because the second segment isn't like a super uh, a long segment. But I think it's going to be one that's really interesting for you guys as the listeners because you can kind of join in on the debate and comment below your thoughts. Uh, on that debate because it's pretty much all just opinion and there's really no right answer but i think it'll make for an interesting one so we're gonna be doing uh like i said early in the intro a little bit of a kind of this player versus this player who would you rather have going into cdl 2022 so we're gonna i'm just gonna name off two players the first few are like position like it's like sub versus sub ar versus ar and then like as we go along we kind of mix in like an ar versus sub or a flex versus sub and we're gonna be saying like if we were building a team Kyle and I were building a franchise. Who would we pick uh, between the two players listed? So the first one I have, it was a main AR battle. I kind of try to pick players that are at least somewhat on like the same playing field. So it's not obvious. And I thought this one was uh, pretty interesting. So I did Slasher versus Major Maniac. Oh, wow. This is a good one. Um, yeah. Oh, let's see. I would probably like off, off rip. I'd probably take Slasher. Okay. Um, I, and like in this is more like in a vacuum we're not protracting out more than just cdl 2022 yeah um, only for this next year exactly and uh and like he's not coming into a team with anybody else uh you know it's mm-hmm, not like he has to true. fit yeah, it's not like he has to fit a certain like you know team build up so i would probably take slasher although i really do like major as well i think he's super uh you know slept on when it comes to ars um and just like overall like how he can he's kind of a chameleon how he kind of like fits into like whatever a team needs he can do it um mm-hmm. so i don't know but I, I i i do like what slasher brings to a team in, in terms of leadership i think we saw him have a good end to the uh cold war season uh you know coming back into the fray and uh you know, he was able to he was able to really put up some good numbers uh from what i do recall <laughs> um, yeah and yeah i I'm, i would probably lean like probably like a 60 40 split to uh slasher yeah i i think i would agree with that and like like you said that's something that i want i don't really know if i said that clearly but i want to make sure that's clear is this is only for this coming vanguard season this isn't like a franchise player you lose them after this year so like obviously like some of these especially later i did a very young player versus like a vet and obviously in that situation you're going to choose the very young player if it was for multiple years but we're only doing for vanguard so it's just a one-year deal you're signing them to a super max to start your team uh i think i'm going to agree with you on slasher because i think i think slasher also like he comes with a system in place so i feel like you know the way that you're going to play cod with him like he has his system and maybe it's not always right but like at least you have like an established way your team is going to play. And I feel like major molds more to the players around him. I think he's an excellent player, but just as like a man, staple, 
think Slasher is just like the perfect building block because he's a leader too. And I don't know that Major Maniac is an IGL or exactly, but uh, I, I lean towards Slasher as well. But I also agree it's like a 60-40. Like it's a close split. It's not a blowout by any means. All right. Next one I've got, it's a sub battle. Two young guns, two kind of unproven. We're looking for them to both take a big step. I did Afro versus Neptune. Oh, this is a really good one. I think they're um, both like we both like we think both of them have super high potential, you know, but like it's yeah. not technically like a guarantee, not proven. Uh we're expecting big years out of them, so I think this yeah. is a good comparison. Um I don't know. For me, I'm going to I don't know. I'm I'm going to buy into the hype and I'm going to stick with Af- I'm going to go with Afro. Okay. Um again, this is probably closer to like a 50-50 split on like what I would do. Um I I just I really like uh Afro's upside. I think he's got like a super fast aggro uh pace. He's got really good movement from what we've seen as well. Mm-hmm. Um I mean he he was really talked about even before he broke into the uh into the franchise league as well. Uh but this is this is kind of difficult. I, I I really think uh you can't discount Neptune too quickly. Um I think that he's really got a lot to offer uh in terms of movement and obviously his gun skill is pretty good as well. Um uh, I'm I'm but I'm going to side with Afro in this one. Yeah, I think I mean if you've heard me talk, I think I'd almost be like People would call me out as a liar if I didn't say Afro because of how much I've been hyping up Afro as like my guy this year, like my dark horse to be like an MVP caliber player and all that. So I think it'd be pretty wrong of me not to say Afro. But like when I came up with this one, I was like, this is a good matchup because like they're both in the same boat. Like I said, like they're both kind of those players that are we know they have the raw talent, but it's a matter of if they can step up and like fulfill that talent this year. And I lean Afro because I do think he has a higher ceiling, but at the same time, I think Neptune might be the safer play because I think like we saw Neptune have a very consistent full year in Cold War where he was a good player, whereas Afro, we saw him have like come in for those last like event or two, and he played really well, and like he looks like a great player, but we didn't see it for as long. So I feel like Neptune's the safe pick, but I'm going with Afro because I think he has a higher upside, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely agree. It's 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 pretty it's pretty evenly split but uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna go with you and i'm gonna ride with uh ride with afro here i think this next one we might split on though uh and i'm taking my bias out as best i can these are the only two i really have kind of a bias towards because i for some reason i guess i put my two of my favorite players back to back but i want the flex battle here and i thought this was an interesting one because of the hundred thieves old duo kenny versus priesta i thought this was another pretty good one because i feel like they're they're players that are on kind of the same same level yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I like just the other week we were, or just last week we were talking about Priesta and like uh, if he's over or underrated going mm-hmm. into this year. And uh, you know, it seems like you know he he's Priesta's really like an X factor, like to whether his team's going to be successful. Um, but you know, we have to kind of take the team aspect out of it and like who would we rather have going forward? Uh you know, just for this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna. And like, you know, obviously Kenny has a great World War II behind him in the past. Um, this is a another kind of difficult one. 
Uh, I'm going to have to put my biases aside, and I, I, I'm just going to say Kenny. Are you going to say Kenny? Yeah, I'm. I'm not too. I'm not thrilled with it. Not that I don't. Not that I wouldn't want Kenny to start a team around. Yeah. Um, I just do like Priesta, like what he brings to a team in terms of like chemistry and vibes as well. Uh, yeah. Not that not that Kenny doesn't either. Uh, just saying, like that's something that I would really look for in Priesta as well. Um, but I'll I'll probably say I'll probably yeah I'll probably betray myself and say that uh, I'd I'd take Kenny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I actually think that this one, in terms of the three we've done so far, is the most similar players as well, too. Because like like you said, I think they both bring a good vibe to a team. I think they're easy teammates to play with. Like, everybody says they love playing with them. I think that they're both guys that we know. Like, if both of them were going to be a full-time sub, they can do it. Uh, I even think both of them, if they had to, could be a full-time AR, like we saw Kenny do. And I think Priesta could do that as well. He did it for a little bit in Black Ops 4 in the start of the year, but the team was really bad when he was doing it. Uh, and then we also know that they're both great flexes like if in terms of an actual true flex when you think of that you think of guys like gunless uh cami selium are obviously like the like right up there as well but priest and kenny are like two of the true flexes we think of where we know if they pull out a sub we have confidence if they pull out an ar we have confidence so like they're two of the most comparable players i think i am going with kenny though because i think like we've seen kenny like last year priest struggled for a lot of the year and when he was using sub it was really really bad in the beginning of the year for minnesota uh, and then when he switched to the flex, he improved. But I just think Kenny's a little more versatile. I think he can play the main probably better than Priesta if he had to. And he can also jump on a sub and be a top player, where I feel like Priesta is always very good. I don't know if he's he's ever hit that peak of like top, top like Kenny. Although in Black Ops 4, he was he was pretty nasty. Uh, he was even pretty nasty in IW before his big come up. But I, I really think that I'd take Kenny here. I mean, obviously, there's there's a little probably a little bias involved there. But I don't I don't think you can go wrong with that at all with either player. All right, next one. Uh, I had to do this one. I did the king versus the prince, scump versus envoy, because I think it's another interesting one. Like it was kind of a debate last year of who was the better sub on optic uh, when when they were going through their struggles. Because we saw both have flashes, we saw both have their big struggles as well uh, at certain points. But I went scump versus envoy. You got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more biased towards uh, you know, I for a single year I want scump. Yeah, you think so? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe if we were reversing this and we're like, who would we want for the next three years? I would, I would probably take Envoy, but, uh, in, in the framework of the topic and the question, um, you know, I, I just think Scump has a lot, Scump's, Scump's really got a, a, a higher ceiling right now, um, in terms of what he can bring to the SMG team, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm gonna ride with the king here. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I really do love Envoy as well. Uh, I don't want to throw any shade at him, but uh, you know, in, in like like I said, in the framework of the question, I'm gonna go with the king. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, so far of the ones, this was the easiest one for me. I kind of put it down because I thought it made for a good discussion uh, between the two. Obviously, being the duo for two years. I go Scump as well for just like a game by game basis because I feel like Scump's play style fits in every game no matter what. Like the classic kind of heavy pre-aim, heavy slaying sub, um, kind of turning into more of a credit now, really good search player. I feel like his style fits more where like Envoy obviously has that more ratty kind of hitting the flank, hitting the pinch always like 
Sometimes it's going to like absolutely kill you. Sometimes he's going to pinch and get a three piece and it's going to win you the game. Uh, always flank and search and destroy, which I like that play style because that's kind of almost my play style when I play as a sub, especially in search. I'm kind of always hitting pinch and trying to hit late routes and stuff. So I really like the way Envoy plays, but I think Skump uh, is also easier to fit into a team if I'm building it. I feel like I can insert any players around Skump and he just fits. Whereas Envoy, I feel like you kind of almost have to build your system around him and get specific players because of his his unique play style. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's like a blow. Like you have to choose Skump because I think in certain situations Envoy could easily be better. Like in Modern Warfare, for pretty much the whole year, Envoy was definitely a better player. But then I'd say Skump uh, kind of had the edge in Cold War, so they're comparable. But I'm going Skump as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, next one. I think this is another interesting one. This is where we get off the kind of player like position versus position. There's a couple more ones like later on where it's like similar positions, but this is. Uh, flex versus a main. I guess one of them is playing flex this year. Also, even though I'm going to con- still consider a main, I did gunless versus skies. Mm. Kind of a split because I guess technically I think skies is playing flex this year, but I'm considering him a main. He's a main AR. <laughs> yeah, interesting one. Um, yeah, I guess this really speaks to who you. I mean, like coming into a team for one year. Who do I want? I want. I'm going to ride with gunless here. Okay, this might be the first one we split because I think I'm gonna ride yeah. with guys. Okay, and not really for any like you know super entrenched reason. Um, I think Skies would be a, a a fine player to have. Uh, I just think when you get a you know a borderline S tier flex talent, um, or at least like in what they can bring, I I think there's a couple flexes that are still better than him. Uh, you 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 really got to ride with it. Um, and I don't, I, I just, I've never been a big skies homer either. Me either. Uh, but like, I, I know he's got a lot of good stuff around his name. A lot of people like enjoy playing with him. You know, he's not a, you know, a bad teammate by any means. I just, oh. uh, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with a big P here. Yeah. I definitely see where you're coming from on that one. I, I've thought, <laughs> Honestly, for this one, I was really on the fence, and I I don't know. I guess I'm building a team. I'm taking Skies as well because it comes to like a lot of what I like look at with a team is I feel like so many of these players are so interchangeable with skill. It's it's honestly mostly the success of team comes like of teams comes down to like the chemistry, and I think Skies fits with more players. I think his raw talent is like up there with Gunless as well because we know Gunless's raw talent is is some of the best we've seen at his peak. Um. I also think Gunless obviously brings the versatility more than Skies, so I can see that argument. There's just something about Skies, and I feel like having that just staple main AR to start a team can always be helpful. I mean, Gunless definitely, definitely is a guy that I would like to start a team with, but I just think the vibes in Gunless can very easily not get along with teammates, as we've seen a million times. And it's it's kind of a uh, lazy argument in some ways, like I'm saying on myself, because Gunless, that's always the argument with him, is like, he's nasty, but he's a bad teammate. But I mean, I think we've seen him improve that. I just, I don't know. I feel like I want to go with Skies because I feel like he's a little bit more upside pick as well because I think Gunless is more steady, but I think Skies maybe has a higher ceiling. Like, I don't know that we'll ever see Gunless be in the MVP voting for the CDL ever again, but like Skies, we've seen him in the MVP voting in that inaugural year in MW. So I'm going with him just because of upside, I think. Yeah, that's a fair fair argument. All right, next one, another another kind of cross position battle. We've got a sub in Kleenex versus a flex in Illy. Two young players, oh, cool. uh, kind of. I mean, Kleenex is probably coming off a better year than Illy because Illy had more of a down year. But I feel like 
Kleenex has had kind of the hype going the opposite way for him with the potential talks of him leaving Ultra. And then Illy's had his hype going in the up direction since all the streams with Optic people have been loving his gameplay. Yeah, shoot. I guess you kind of got to like protract how these players are going to like fare in Vanguard Mm -hmm. since we're only getting him for one year. Oh, man. This is a this is really interesting. Um, And like, how much do you value like having a a sub over a flex. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, I'm going to probably lean with Kleenex. Okay. Uh, and mainly for like positional worth. Uh, and you know, how much is Illy's like, you know, vibe and stuff just been because like he's under the op, like the green wall. Now he's got yeah, like, excited. Gas. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not that, you know, and obviously like Illy was really like highly touted going into cold war. People were like putting him on the short list for MVP. Mm-hmm. He kind of had a, an off year. Um, not really all his fault either. Just kind of like poor, uh, you know, poor circumstances surrounding like the whole empire team, not really like seeing eye to eye. But, you know, that's all in the past now. But I I would lean towards Kleenex. He has a super high ceiling, but he can also drop some super duds as well. For sure. Um, And I, I think we've I think I've covered that specifically in previous, uh, you know, talks we've had about Kleenex. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I would definitely I would probably lean like, you know, majority leaning towards Kleenex. Uh, but interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I definitely think, like, obviously, I'm a person that values subs more than, like, your flex or your AR, like you said. But the reason I think I want to go with Illy is because of your last point there with Kleenex having such, like, peaks and valleys. Like, he has some low, low games. Uh, We saw Illy have some low games last year as well, so don't get me wrong. But from what I've seen from Illy in the preseason, I really, really think what separates him as well is, like, these are two, obviously, disgusting raw talents. Like, we know Kleenex can be a top sub. Like, Kleenex can be a top five sub in the game. And I believe Illy can be a top five flex in the game, even though the flex position is loaded, like we said, with Ke- uh, like Gunless and Cami and Kenny, Priest, Cecilium, like it's loaded. But I think Illy could find his way into that top five flexes as well, because I think the communication is what might separate him. I don't know that Kleenex is the best communicator. I've heard he can go silent a lot of times in games. Like when you hear listens with Toronto, like Bance is absolutely carrying the comms and the leadership of that team because he's, I mean, uh, unreal at it. Uh, but I think Illy, like we've we've seen, he's like one of the best search and destroy shot callers, and he really seems to know what's going on in the map. And like his communication is just elite. And then I, I don't know, I really think his gun skill, I think it's up there with Kleenex. I, I could think you could argue that Kleenex maybe has more of a gunny, but I don't know. I think it's not too far behind, and I really like Illy's leadership and comms. Yeah, I mean, definitely you make a lot of good arguments there. So uh, interested interested to hear if anybody chimes in in the. In the comments here to see uh you know to maybe offer some additional insights or whatever into who they would take but uh yeah, yeah I, I, think, I don't think you can really go wrong i think this is one of the closest ones that I, you can't like if, if you're telling me like i'm saying illy but if you're telling me kleenex i'm not gonna like like there's some of them here like if i don't know if you would have chose i don't know really all these are pretty close like there's some debates out there where like i'm gonna be heavily on one person but like this is one of the ones by far where I can really see you going either way. Kind of like the Gunless and Skies one. Like, this is a really tight, really tight debate. But we can move on to this next one. This is kind of a funny one as well. I kind of went with the Scump Envoy one. This is a cross position one as well. 
Uh, I went with Krim versus Hook. Uh, kind of how we saw in the offseason. There's the whole Krim versus Hook story. It's another interesting one to me, though, because obviously if this was a multi-year, you're probably going Hook. But this is for only Vanguard. And uh, I, I think it's closer than it would have been in the past. Because if you just had this before Cold War, I think it would have been Hook, no doubt. Because people are talking about him as an MVP player. But with his shaky last year kind of off the game and stuff and people like questioning if he really wants to play and, and, and all that. I, I don't know. I think it became a lot closer. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with who here. Uh, and you know, not for any really good reason, except for that. I've, I value his like slaying upside potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, just more so what he brings to a team in terms of like, just, raw gameplay uh you know he is more like you know soft-spoken he might not be all up in the comms doesn't have like the whole leadership of crim doesn't bring a system like crim uh but in terms of what i think that hook's gonna provide for my other three players to be named (laughs) uh i think that um yeah i it, it's definitely close. There's a lot. There's a lot more, you know, things that Krim has riding for him. But I'm I'm gonna go with my gut and I'm gonna take Hook. Yeah, that's obviously a good pick, raw talent wise and slaying wise. He he doesn't leave you with a question mark of if you're gonna have slaying on your team when you start a team with him because you know he can carry that weight. Uh, that I don't know that Krim can carry and be like the number one like slayer on his team. Uh, although I will say we are actually. We, I mean, we started out picking the same four off the rip and now i think we're gonna split on three in a row i think i'm gonna go crim here solely on the fact that when you have crim on your team you finish top four at champs like it's just what you do and like i feel like hook obviously he won champs with crim they won together and he maybe brings a higher skill ceiling but like when crim is on your team you just win that's just like what happens you always find a way to be in the top four so for that reason i think i'm gonna go crim just because he it's it's that intangible thing that uh we talked about in in the past with some of the players that we had listed uh with illy like his communication stuff i i I just got to go with crim because uh, like i always bet against this guy like in my picks i always feel like his teams are never like the best team like with empire you always saw me having them take like second or third at events and then they'd win Uh, i had them taking second at champs the year they won and then they win it's like you always pick him to be like second third fourth and they always find a way to just be one higher than what you think they're going to be so for that reason i'm taking crim it's 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 kind of opposite of what my other argument was like i took players with higher skill ceilings but now i'm just going with a safe one so i don't know yeah maybe it doesn't make sense but yeah, i'm going with them yeah i mean like i like i listed off all the things that crim brings to the team and like yeah obviously you're probably not getting those in the same amounts that you are with crim uh it's definitely just something that like in my gut i feel like i'd rather have hook um yeah but, I mean, he yeah. brings MVP caliber play where I don't think exactly. Krim is ever going to win a regular season MVP for sure. Right. And I mean, Krim's going to be, you know, just like the, the the background fiddle player for whatever team he's on that's succeeding. I don't think he's ever really going to get the uh, the massive accolades. But, uh, you know, whereas with Hook, I don't know. I feel like he, like, remember stage one, he was like dropping... Oh, yeah. He was dropping nukes on the map. Like, yeah. It was unbelievable. But then, you know, obviously he had all those issues, um, you know, with the team and, you know, a lot of drama that, you know, maybe we never got the big payoff on it, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. 
yeah, just I don't know. Uh, I guess just agree to disagree on on that one. It, it was, yeah. That was a good one, though. I yeah, it actually like it was more. It was also part of the meme with how they they were going at it, but it also worked as a decent matchup. Like it wasn't like a a shoe in for either side. Uh, we've got three more to go through, though. I think they're all pretty good ones still. I think all these have actually. Uh, gone pretty well. I just kind of threw them together and was hoping that they'd be decent matchups. This next one is kind of a battle of MVP candidates, actually. Like, I didn't ever want to include Simp and because I feel like Simp and Abizian automatically get chosen, or like Celium, they automatically get chosen, so I didn't really want to include the Phase Boys, because it makes for kind of a dumb argument. But this one is like, those other MVP candidates, two subs going back and, back and forth. I have Hydra and Shotzi. Because I feel like, I feel like the community lean Shotzi, especially being on Optic, and like I feel like we're probably going to lean Shotzi just because like he's a little bit more proven and has an MVP. But like Hydra's right up there, and people are calling him, like predicting him to be MVP this year. So I thought it was an okay debate without including Simp or Abizi. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a good one. Um, but I, I'm gonna have to ride with Shotzi. We've seen yeah. him be, you know, a, an MVP caliber player for two two straight titles his first two years in Call of Duty. Um, and I I don't know if he's actually peaked yet which is kind of scary oh yeah um yeah you know i mean i guess the same could be said for you know any of these young smgs that you know simp abizi hydra standy all these people like that that haven't you know we can say like have we even seen their peak yet and that's super alarming <laughs> for oh, uh, yeah yeah you know, just wondering what dominance we could be in store for um and uh, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna go with Shotzi. I, I think that he is right now going into this title clearly um a step above Hydra. Um I don't think that's mm-hmm. too controversial to say. Um but interesting to hear if you have any other arguments to to provide here. Yeah, I, I'm also definitely going with Shotzi just because of like you said, he is a he is an MVP already and he's a world champion and he's more proven. Uh I just felt like there was almost no other sub that you could really put on Shotzi's level except for like Simp and Abizi. And then like it's basically impossible not to take Simp and Abizi because of like they have been in both champs finals. They both have two rings in three years playing basically. Like they both just absolutely dominated the scene. But I thought Hydra was like that guy that like he maybe has potential to be Shotzi level or even better. Like we know he has that potential. It's just a matter of if you're willing to take that risk. And I'm, I'm not willing to take that risk when you have something as surefire as Shotzi out there. Like, I think Hydra is a surefire top, like, six, seven sub, like, pretty much guaranteed unless something crazy happens. But, like, Shotzi is, like, it's not even a question mark. You know he's slotted in as a top five sub basically every year unless, like I said, something just odd happens with the team. But, yeah, I'm going with Shotzi on that one. That's one of the easier ones. I just thought maybe, maybe one of us would bold pick Hydra or something because he's, like, probably the best comparison if you take out Simp and Abizi. Uh Next one, though, I went with these two. They do play the same position, but I went with these two because I feel like they're very unique in the fact that they're two of the only submachine gun players that are, like, IGL-type players, and that's Attach and Bance. Oh, wow. Because I feel like they're both, like, we don't think of them as super high skill ceiling players. They're obviously both nasty in their own right, but they're not, like, at that... Simpabizi, Shotzi, Hydra, like top right. echelon, but they're also like maybe the vocal leaders of their team, which is unique for a sub player. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. Um, who do I want on my team though? That's interesting. Uh, I'm I might ride the 
the band type. Okay. Um, but I'm not really sure. Like, I really like yeah. Attach. Um, as you know well. I love Attach. <laughs> yeah, and I I definitely want to hear more arguments on this. Uh, but I mean, this is just one where you really got to go with your gut, really, because it's it it's not like these guys are bringing like like a super super high slaying upside. Uh, where obviously like one would be the better pick. Uh, on a statistical level, mm-hmm. um, so it's more just like what you—it's it, like future projecting and what your gut says. And I'm gonna—oh man, I don't know. I—I'm really sitting on the fence with this. Um, I might—I might actually go with attach. And yeah, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll just leave it at that, and I'll hear—I'll hear arguments now. Yeah, I I like initially my gut says attached because like I always say he doesn't lose his ones. He is the most clutch player alive and he always brings that to your team. But at the same time, like Bance, I think is the better leader in game because I think attached brings a lot. But like Bance might be the best leader, like if you include mains and everything like he his in-game leadership and comms are absurd. We heard it so many times with Ultra and also way back in the pod. I was like saying that Bance was really bad back in like Modern Warfare and stuff. And I said they should have kept Classic over him on Toronto Ultra. Maybe my most infamous take of all time uh, because Classic had such a nasty year to finish uh, MW. It was really good in that team. And then after Bance went off in stage two, I said, I'll never insult Bance again. I like made a promise on the pod to never insult him again. So I feel like I'm like forced to pick him and everything. But uh, I think I'm going to stick with Attach because of the fact that I'm somebody that really, really, really weighs heavily on clutch factor and like search and destroy prowess. I think attaches the better search player. He doesn't lose his ones. And I think his his clutch factor, I mean, we saw him win five straight maps on Bance to win a title this year. Uh, and like he has like the best comebacks ever. He had two best of sweat, uh, best of seven reverse sweeps on the Optic Dynasty to win a match like he he has the the best of nine reverse sweep on Bance in Toronto Ultra. He's just like the most icy player alive. So for that reason, I take him. Now, if it was maybe like a a player who was clearly a higher skill ceiling over him, uh, then I would probably take that other player just because like it's hard to like say that the clutch factor matters so much more if the player is clearly like more skilled. But I think him and Bance are kind of on the same level. So I'm going with Attach just for that that clutch factor, but I don't think you can go wrong with Bands, especially if you're building your team with some European players he has chemistry with, because their chemistry seems to be unmatched. Yeah, it, there's really you know two good sides to this argument, and I don't know if there's any right or wrong answer. Uh, and like you said, there's uh, you know the clutch factor and everything. It's just it's it's super hard and it, it goes more to what you value and i i think we both sided with attach there just i don't yeah. know for for reasons like you can't really put them all into words no this like, is like I, a fully intangible one yeah it's just like an it's just more of like an i like this guy a lot so i'm gonna ride with them so yeah all right last one i basically did this one because i wanted to like see you get emotionally torn i think on this one because i think it's oh, gonna no. happen uh it's a cross position battle, Octane versus Standy. Oh, <laughs> I think it's like two of maybe arguably your favorite uh, players. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, you know, two guys that I really like. I I, I ride for them. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. This is this and they're is actually gonna... like as players also like 
uh, there's a debate you can make for both sides. Yeah. Um, I, I really got to, I'm, I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with Standy here. Um, okay. I think like as much as I love Octane and like, I really want to see him succeed and like, you know, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I I hope he has the right team around him this year to do that. But, you know, it's been two years and uh, I don't know. I feel like Standy's got a really super hot hand. He's like uh, a fringe S tier player. Like if you're going like mm-hmm. six S tier players, uh, Standy's got to be right up in that like five, six, seven, eight range. Um, And I don't know if I can pass up on that. Whereas Octane might fall like you know fall further down and um you know who do i want on my team i feel like standy's got really good comms too um mm-hmm. his gunny is unbelievable uh pace you know pace and like game sense is really good like when we were making that like composite pro of like a few weeks like maybe a month back where we're like okay who like you know we want like this person's movement this person's gun skill everything uh, I really just think Standy crosses off so many of those. Uh, yeah, he's in the debate know, for so many. He, yeah, he ticks off a lot of those boxes. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna ride with Standy here. Uh, but it was definitely, uh, like for me personally, it was more hard. But I, <laughs> I, I, I really think there's one right answer here, and I'm not gonna be too, uh, you know. I, I guess I'm not going to get too emotional over like not picking Octane for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but I, I think I don't know. I don't know if you have anything contrary to say to that. I also think it's like you said, you really can't go wrong with either. I think there's also like the the intrigue with Standy is the fact that you think there might be something else there that's untapped. Like he could even get better because he's so like new to the scene. He didn't even he hasn't even played his first full year in the CDL. So like there seems like there could be that untapped ability there. And on the team that he's on, we know he's going to get unlocked this year, so maybe we'll see it. But Octane also brings that, like, Standy could maybe, you know... I'll never say that a guy can't be a one-year wonder because of Dylan. Dylan Codd from BO4. Like, people were saying he was the MVP of BO4, and then he literally disappeared off the scene and was never, like, really good again. I don't think that's going to happen with Standy. I think he's going to be absolutely elite again this year. But I also think when you compare them uh, where they are within their position, I think that they're pretty similar. Like, you'd probably say Standy is in that like four to six or seven range for subs, right? Because you probably put him behind Simp Beasy Shotzi for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. somewhere in there that mix with like Hydra and him and like Kleenex and those guys in that like four to seven range ish. And I think you probably put Octane around that like three to five range for ARs. Cause I think as of now you probably have to put RCDs and Insight ahead of him. But I think Octane falls in that like three, four, five for the main ARs, which I feel like three and six like third best ar and six best sub are pretty similar since there's so many more subs like that's a pretty similar position to be sitting in so i feel like they're actually like more even than you might think because people might like with recency bias be saying standy's absurd uh, i am with all that said gonna go with standy with this pick but i'm trying to make the case that like octane isn't an absurd pick here because i feel like people have like i know you haven't because you're a big octane fan but i feel like people have just forgotten and he talks about it all the time that Octane is still really good. Like mm-hmm. just because he was on Surge and they didn't have team success doesn't mean Octane's not nasty. Where like I know you haven't forgotten that, but like, it seems like a lot of the community is just like 
like they're like don't even consider like 100 thieves la thieves to be a top team this year because like people have just written off octane because he's had such bad team years but uh, i am going with standy but i think this one is very close and like you said there's one clear answer which i'm assuming since you chose standy that means you think it's standy but like i don't think it's as clear i think octane could actually be a good pick here yeah i mean i'm i i think octane's for me it just gets lost in the in the two years of like yep for sure mire that he was in but i i definitely i i appreciate you uh you know highlighting that you know he's probably right in the same um placement for position as standy would be Mm -hmm. in terms of like what you know tier tier ranking each position like where we would put these people um, yeah, they're bo- probably both yeah, bottom exactly. A, top S of their position. Or, I'm sorry, bottom S, top A of their position. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna, I, I don't think that swayed me anyway to go toward, yeah, Octane. But, uh, you know, I, like you said, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, just maybe he got a little bit forgotten. Yeah, like some people probably heard that and they're like, why is that even a debate? Like, because there's so much recency bias towards Standy and in the opposite direction, there's so much hate towards Octane recently because of his team's success. And like a couple of years ago, I mean, Octane was viewed as the best they are in Black Ops 4. Like, no doubt, maybe even the best player. It's just, it's just crazy that people have forgotten so fast, I guess. But are you ready to move on to our, our down bad sports moment of the week and wrap things up? Yeah. All right. I feel, I mean, you're kind of a mixed bag this week. Usually it's just all down bad because it's just mostly Lions time. But I know I'll get into mine first because it'll be a lot quicker. And then we can we can let you talk about your kind of mixed bag this week. But I mean, for me, it's obvious, really, like it's early basketball season. So there's not much to talk about. The Bucks are on a seven game win streak. Uh, so that's that's awesome. But the Colts game this week really had me down bad. If If they won this game, they were pretty much in my opinion, almost locked into the playoffs and maybe could win the division with how bad the Titans have looked recently with all their injuries. Uh, And they had a 24-10 lead going into halftime and they had the ball coming out of halftime and they were on a drive. They just were about to hit the red zone. They were rolling on that drive. Looked like they were about to score another touchdown. And then for some reason, they decided that Jonathan Taylor didn't exist. They ran, or I'm sorry, threw the ball like 10 straight times and finally the offensive line got tired. Eric Fisher, who's been abysmal this year at left tackle, uh, let Shaq Barrett run by him untouched, and he hit once in the back, forced a fumble, and then from there on out, all the momentum. Instead of being a 31-10 to 10 game in the middle of the third quarter, uh, Tampa Bay went down, instantly scored a touchdown, made it 24-17. Tom Brady worked his deal with the devil a little bit more and like stared at the refs after every throw until they threw a flag. Uh, they got like four defensive pass interferences to give them touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter, and then uh, the Colts almost returned a kickback as time expired to to tie the game up, but uh they ended up losing by seven they put up i mean a hell of a fight considering that they're playing the defending champs so i was down bad that they lost that game but man they look good they're they're like right there every every good team that they've played they've had a double digit second half lead and lost uh they seem like the lions a little bit in previous years the colts i saw i saw if the colts had held every double digit second half lead they've had this year they'd be 10 and 2 that's how many double digit leads they've blown and they're six and six uh, <laughs> that's gotta get you down bad though <laughs> yeah oh god yeah well uh, I don't know. For me, it's got to be um. Well, like first, like you said, it's a mixed bag this week with uh, you know, U of M. Uh, finally, you know, in, in a year where they can make the playoffs, 
they finally mm-hmm. beat Ohio State, and so now they're going to play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game this coming Saturday. And that will be, uh, you know, surely if Michigan wins, they'll be in the playoff, and if they lose, then no Big Ten team will probably be in the playoff because there's yeah. not another viable team uh, in my estimation. And um, so, yeah, that's really got me uh, – pretty excited this week and obviously uh the down bad is reserved for uh one detroit lions team Uh, (laughs) they have a long-standing tradition of playing the noon kickoff game on thanksgiving uh nationally televised game and uh in a game that it seemed like maybe they had a decent chance of performing well they're playing the Chicago Bears, who are not any remarkable team themselves. And, uh, you know, somehow they just find a way not to score the ball. Uh, you know, it actually, Goff had a couple of throws that looked decent. Like, he actually threw the ball more than three yards down the field uh, on a couple of plays. Um, but they, once again, lost the game. And <laughs> uh, on, on a time-expiring field goal, uh, I believe the final score was like 16 to 13 or something. Um, just super uh, puts a really bad taste in your mouth going into Thanksgiving dinner. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I sad ate my way through like two plates of, you know, turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, all the, all the fixings and, uh, you know, proceeded to be, you know, kind of sad all night. Uh, yeah, they just, they should have won. Yeah. I I even tweeted you and I said I'm yeah. giving you I'm giving you my personal endorsement to to have a Dan Campbell fired tweet. Exactly. Um, but you know we're not gonna waste that. We're uh, I'm still gonna I, I'm doubling down on my three years. Um, <laughs> you might not make it three years himself, so you might get oh, yeah, out no, of that. Exactly. But uh, it looks better for me if I say that I'm doubling down. Maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just uh, Lions once again make a mockery of themselves on national TV on a national holiday and uh, further ruin uh, or, you know, kind of put a damper on my Thanksgiving. So that's, uh, that's got me, that's got me down bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I was also with you. I was cheering for Michigan. That's kind of my college football team. I'm not a huge college football fan, but I was really after, after Michigan won that game, then it was Badgers winning there. And I was like, please just, I kind of want the Badgers to lose because I feel bad cheering against the Badgers being from Wisconsin, but I would have been cheering against them in the Big Ten Championship because I want to see Michigan make the playoffs. So I was a little bit glad, which sounds bad to say, as I'm kind of a Michigan first fan, but like I'll cheer for the Badgers. It sounds weird because they're rivals, but I'm from Wisconsin and I'm not a huge football uh, college football fan. So like either way for me is good, but I was super glad to see Michigan win. I'm always cheering for them over Ohio State and I'm really cheering for them against any team they play. They're kind of my college football team. So we actually have a team in common. Although you're wow. a lot more, you're a lot more into it than I am for sure. Uh, but I was hyped to see Michigan win. I just, as I always followed Michigan, like mostly back in the the Chad Henney, Denard Robinson. That was like my era of Michigan football. Oh, yeah. and like I'm, I'm just used to seeing them blow the big game. So like now that they have it in front of them and they're playing not as strong of a team in Iowa, I like it feels like it should be a shoe in that they win, but it's Michigan. So I'm never gonna say it's a shoe in that they win until I actually see the clock at zero and they have the lead. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, well, you know what they say is that Michigan never loses a football game; they just run out of time. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, that's a good saying. You can use that for the Lions too, maybe. The Lions just <laughs> right. run out of time. They would have right. won all these games if they had an extra quarter. 
All right. You ready to wrap things up a little bit? We actually did go a little shorter this time when we said we were going to. Yeah. I'm ready. All right. I think that's that's going to do it for this one. Uh, it was kind of a fun episode. Instead of doing so much news because there really wasn't a lot, we, we went into a little bit longer of a second segment, and I think it was a pretty fun one kind of having that debate. I'd love to see what you guys think down in the comments. Obviously, you guys are going to disagree with some of, especially maybe you disagree with the ones that Kyle and I actually agreed on, and you think the other player uh, was the one to choose. So give us some reasoning and maybe drop a couple of comments down below on who you thought you should take in certain situations, because obviously opinions are going to differ uh, based on maybe one of those guys is your favorite player, or maybe you just strongly think he's better. Uh, there's really no wrong answer on it, because who knows? One of those players might suck this year. We don't know. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one. Uh, we always, as always, really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in on YouTube or on the audio platforms. If you are on the audio platforms, drop a follow on there. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're on YouTube, drop a sub, drop a like, comment down below. Like we said, that's our favorite part is interacting with the comments and seeing all the new commenters and the community growing. So we'd appreciate if you did it, but that's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for watching and tuning in and we'll see you in the next one next week with hopefully some more news next time. See you later, everyone.